0: Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports,
1: entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill.
2: Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire, along with Liquid Depth. We're your host, Ed Grainy, and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. I've got one of those for Adam later on. But uh, first, here we go. Adam, we were not able to have a show after the Rams debacle. Um, so before we get to the future and what's happening this week and Derek Carr and everything that's being written, I want to ask you something. You were in that locker room. I've heard different reports that there was a sense of... Uh, finality, a sense of that that was it, that it just wasn't going to happen this year, and that it was different like any other locker room that you'd seen all year. Is that—is that true? Is that the sense you got from them, that they kind of had accepted their fate for the season?
1: It wasn't like any other locker room that I've seen this year it was, it was nothing like any scene that I've seen this year It was, it was depressing. And I mean, it was, uh, it was a rough place to be, no question about it. It was a lot of heads down, a lot of silence only interrupted by, you know, brief screams of expletives and, uh, the occasional tears. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough place to be. It was, you know, if you walked into a, in look, the football is not life and death, obviously. Um, but if you walked into a room where, you know, people are waiting on news of like loved ones, that's what it felt like. It was just it was de- depressing to be in that locker room last week. And that's not helped out by the fact that, uh, you know, if you remember John Gruden talking uh, the the COVID year about the delay that happened at SoFi and how poorly the, the visiting locker rooms are constructed down there. Uh, it's a really weird setup for a locker room too. So that complicated everything as well. It's a national game. So there's national press, there's, uh, cameras from, you know, all the, all the major networks and from, uh, you know, ESPN and Amazon prime and all of them in there. And it's really a small space. That's like a labyrinth, uh, in that locker room, like a maze to try to find your way through. So guys are trying to get to the shower. Guys are crying. It's a, it's a really bizarre scene, but it was, it was devastating to be in that locker room.
2: Well, let me ask you this thing, because you've been out at practice all week and you just got out of the uh, locker room now. How much do you think that that was an immediate reaction? Or I I heard Devontae Adams speaking about this the other day, about moving on now. And, you know, mathematically, they're not out of it. They'd have to win their last four. Other things would have to happen with other teams like the Chargers and the Jets and whatnot. But do you think there's been a reversal of that, or do you really think there's more of an acceptance and they're just going to go out there and play hard and whatever happens, happens? But there's probably an acceptance that this just isn't going to happen this year in terms of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's saying the right things about still being alive, and they are. Like they have to win out. And if they, if they do win out, then there's, you know, like a 54% chance everything else happens. So you're looking at 50 50 if you take care of your uh, your end of the bargain. And I think that that's what their focus is to do that, but it's tough to bounce back from the Colts locker room was different. It was an ugly scene after that Colts game. And that was different than the sadness we saw after the Rams game, but the response after the Colts game was three three straight wins. So we'll see that after, after this.
2: Yeah. The response was different. We had Derek Carr crying after that one. He, after losses now, he seems more perturbed and emotional in terms of the crying.
1: Yeah, it's different. Right. And, uh, Uh, It was one of the things I asked Devonte and Derek about, and a couple other players in the locker room, just about, hey, even though the responses are different, the immediate response one was kind of anger and frustration, and the other was sadness. Can those two different emotions lead to the same thing? Which is a winning streak, which is what happened after the last one. So they say yes. They say it doesn't matter what you are like immediately after; it matters what you are the next day and how you prepare for the next game. we'll see if that's the case on Sunday. If they come out and uh, they're rejuvenated and energized and, you know, playing at a high level and firing on all cylinders. And that means they responded well. And if they come out and they're, they look down and defeated and there's no energy and emotion before the game, then we'll know that they probably didn't have the right emotional response after that.
2: Um, I think we both agree that for the coaches and the players, it's all about winning every week and playing hard and trying to win four straight and all that. But, management side is is curious also in terms of fascinating to me is what they might be thinking and I'm sure everyone wants to win and get to the playoffs but do you believe there's probably in any internal sense that uh winning might ultimately hurt the draft pick and you know not that they would ever say out loud they want to lose but there's this sense that if it's not going to be the playoffs then they might as well set themselves up for the best draft
1: pick and best you know place in, in that in that realm Maybe, but I don't think you really start going in that direction until the math says to, um, you know, if they were to lose this week, if they're to losing any week, then we'll see how they respond after that. Do you start playing younger guys? Do you start, you know, giving Zemir White a lot more carries, maybe Britton Brown active and giving him more carries? Do you, uh, you know, go younger in other areas as well? Like when, if you start doing that, then that's an indication that you're thinking about the future and building guys up and, and not really concerned about the wins and losses. But right now, they're not doing any of that. They're giving Josh Jacobs like hundred percent of the carries despite being hurt. Um, so that's that's an indication that they're they're doing everything they can to you know to keep keep the gas pedal down and keep going forward and try to see what they can do for this season. Um, yeah, I think privately, if you ask them and you know, they said, Hey, look, the other they're stacked against us, it's probably better in the long run to lose. But nobody's going to act that way or start playing that way at this point until the math says to, and then we'll see what they do after that. If they respond differently, if we do see younger players and we do see less of a focus, maybe on the wins and the losses. All
2: right. We've talked about Derek Carr incessantly all year um, up down, how he's having what kind of year he's having. Um, what could happen in the future? I know Vinny Bonsignore, our call, was a uh, one who wrote a story this week about these last four games, somewhat being an audition for Derek Carr. I, I, don't believe uh that they have seen him all year that they've known his track record for eight and a half years that only four games are going to decide whether they take him on with that cap hit now i don't know if it's 100 percent that they've decided which way to go with him but i think they had to have had many conversations so far about what to do with the quarterback position and it's not just about these last four games um i guess that could change if you know they they start putting up a ton of points and he's really really good but i still think there has to be some kind of Yeah. Pre-conclusion inside right now about which way they might want to go. And I guess a lot of might have to do with the drafts pick because you have to see what you can get in terms of if you're going to replace them, where you stand and what might be out there.
1: Yeah, I think there's no, there's no question about that. Um, I I think that this is something they thought about a lot and probably have a decision made already. And, you know, could that change? Sure. But I don't think they're, I don't think they're sitting at 50 50 right now trying to wait to see what happens. I think they have a decision in mind and they'll have to be swayed the other way to change that decision or whatever it is. And I think this was set up before the season. We talked a lot about it here and I know some other places talked about it. Other people talked about, you know, the three-year extension. And we said here it's, it's a one-year deal this was a one year prove it deal for Derek Carr. And he got to announce the big three year extension and all the money that went with it. And that was a great day for him. But, uh, the details, you know, the devil's in the details sometimes, and it was a one year deal all along. And so, um, I think they have a decision made. I think that they'll, uh, analyze, you know, whatever happens over this last month. I think they'll analyze not only how players play on the field and Carr in particular, but you know, how, people respond to each other, how they act off the field, how they're in meetings, are they still focused and dialed in or are they kind of checked out and, and, you know, looking forward to the off season. And and I think they're going to judge a lot on, um, you know, behavior, both on and off the field these last, this last month for, for a lot of different guys. And, um, you know, we'll see how they approach it going forward. My, if you made me bet right now, my bet would be that they have a young quarterback and a veteran starter next year. Uh, to kind of bridge the gap where they can, they can still compete. They can still potentially win with the guys they have and the roster that they have and the talent that they have, but they're developing somebody for the future. That would be my bet for how that would go next year. And I think if that's the case, it's probably not Derek Carr. That's that veteran. It's probably somebody else. But if they want to double down and, and, you know, build, continue to build around Derek Carr, that might be an option too. But um, I would bet against that. I would bet it. I would bet on it being a, you know, a guy that they draft. And then a, a veteran guy, they bring in to be the mentor and bridge player.
2: Would you, uh, if they lost this week, you're talking about young players? Would you give Jarrett Stidham a chance just to see what you have in him,
1: or do they, they? probably already know what they have in him. Yeah. He was in New England. That's what I was going to say. I mean, they already know. I, I think either you know, could could he be the veteran? That's the mentor. That's the starter next year. Trying to, uh, you know get another young guy ready like that's possible if, if they believe in him but i i don't think that they need you know other guys i think they need to see something from them and they need to put them in positions i think with stidham a guy that's been with this coaching staff for a couple of years i think they know and, and either they know that they can go forward with him as as a veteran mentor or they they know that he's not that guy so one way or the other i think they know what they have in jared stidham and i don't think he's one of the guys that they really need to audition
2: yeah. Um. On on that realm, in terms of guys that might need to audition, um, uh, I want to bring up guy maybe as much or more than Carr and Darren Waller. Uh, he's been hurt. We know his age. We know what his contract says. Uh, I actually think these four games might be more important for him than Derek Carr because I agree with you. I think they know which way they're going to go in Carr unless he completely lights the world on fire and they win three of four and they're like, oh well, we're close and you know, uh, let's stay with what we've got but Darren Waller might be a guy also who's auditioning for a job.
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, he he got the contract and he's you know, he's due you know a lot of money over the next couple of years and uh, it's kind of a different situation than Carr. Would they be able to find somebody to take him? Maybe I think they probably would uh, be able to trade him if they really wanted to, but um I do think he's a, an interesting case of what they're going to do this offseason. There's several though. I mean, obviously Josh Jacobs and his, you know, pending free agency is is an interesting decision they have to make, but Waller's locked up. Like they've got him under contract for a couple of years. So if they want him around, they can have him. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, what they feel about him, what they, you know, how much they believe, obviously in his talent, you believe in it, but um, where he is at this stage of his career, where his, you know, where his focus level is maybe uh, after this season. Do they think that, you know, there was the speculation that Derek Carr was talking about Darren Waller when he said, not everybody's doing everything they can to get back on the field. And, um, if that's the case, if they feel the same way, that might be something to move on from. But uh, I think that they certainly believe they wouldn't have given Darren Waller the extension that they did if they didn't believe in him as a player.
0: Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the
1: STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.
0: You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid debt and it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas nation. Any
2: indication why Patrick Graham wasn't made available this week?
1: Uh, It was complicated. I know that uh, the usual time on Tuesday didn't work out because of uh, the schedule being different because the 10 days off, uh, it was a little bit different. So they moved him to Thursday and then moved him to Friday. And then they moved him to the same time that the locker rooms were open. So nobody was going to be there. So he would have been available today. I think if they had not done it at the same time as the locker rooms, Um, but everybody said they were going to the locker room because you got to go talk to players if you have to make a decision between the two. So um, I I know the the belief among a lot of people is that they were just hiding him from answering questions about the end of the game, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, Maybe a little bit to some degree. I don't think you would schedule him at the same time as the locker room if you were trying to do that, but um, yeah, we could have, I think we as a collective uh, could have talked to him instead of players, but I thought the player's perspective was more important.
2: Uh, any question as to if there's a fall guy? He might be a leading candidate.
1: Well, sure. I mean, he's he's the guy that was not, you know, he was part of them, but not uh, directly coming over from New England with them. And I think that would be an easy one. But look, I've I've been of the belief all along that this team was built around offense. They invested more heavily on offense. Of course, yeah, they signed Chandler Jones, sure, and they extended Crosby. But um, this team has been built to score points. They've invested on that side of the ball. Um, anything that goes wrong, really, with this team is the offense. It's not the defense. You've made it clear that you know you're you're investing in the offense. You believe the offense is what's going to carry you, so they have to do that. So when people talk about oh the defense did this and they didn't do this, well, the defense invest in the defense if you want a defense. <laughs> don't don't invest all your money on the offensive side of the ball. It, it's a salary cap world. You can't have everything, and uh, and you see that around the league. It's why you know we we talk about quarterbacks on rookie contracts being so so important it's so that you can have, you know, multiple players at different positions getting paid that are really, really high end players. And um, when you decide that you're going to invest on the offense, you know, a lot of that's going to fall on the offense. And so um, we'll see what they do in terms of Patrick Graham going forward. I think they believe in a lot of what he does. He's had, uh, I think he's done a great job with, you know, with kind of rectifying some of the run run problems they had earlier in the season. Um, I, I think that there's been some questionable, uh, moves in terms of coverage and schemes and that sort of thing. But uh, they also have a lot of inexperience on the side of the ball. And then of course, with Nate Hobbs missing an extended period, you had to try to fill in around, you know, around a secondary that has very little experience. So um, I, I don't think the defense has been as much of a problem as other people have thought uh, mostly because yes, the numbers suggest that they've been bad, but what did you expect? That's that's, you know, that's how you've constructed your team. Uh,
2: you had news today that the captains mandated Josh Jacobs also be a captain. Um, I, I just get the sense more and more there is an option to franchise tag him. Yes.
1: Yeah, they could do that or transition I, tag. There's there's different options.
2: I I I'm more leaning towards that option. I don't know what you think about Josh Jacobs. Um, he's had a heck of a year. Now they're you know I know it's the captains mandating him be a captain. Those are those are you know his teammates and players saying that he deserves this given the kind of season he's had. But more and more, I look at it, I think a franchise tag might be in order. Uh, to where you're not giving him the long, long-term deal, but that you don't lose them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really tough decision to have to make because it's not, it's not ideal. It's not something that's done often, which is paying uh running back, but he is a, you know, he is one of those elite type players, those game changing type guys, especially this year uh, where he's really, really meshed well with the system. He's been able to stay on the field consistently, which hasn't always been the case in the past. And he's put up these massive numbers and been, you know, such an important piece of this offense. So it'd be very tough to lose him. uh, But it's also very tough to pay running backs the way that the salary cap is constructed now. So they've got a very tough decision to make. I think it would be, you know, very difficult to accept for a lot of fans to see him walk out the door. I think it'd be very difficult for a lot of teammates to see him walk out the door, but uh, the Patriots in the past, when we talk about them because they're obviously uh, the the structure that the, the staff came from, they have not invested in, in running backs. They have not done that. And that's been, they've been kind of at the forefront of that. And so this would be a real departure for them, but Josh Jacobs is playing his way into a lot of money. And if you don't want to pay him, he's certainly going to get it from somewhere else.
2: All right. Before we get to a Netflix uh, drama that I hope you've watched uh, in, in the last week or so uh, your keys to the game against the Patriots, the line, I think around town's like one or two. So you more, more of a toss up than anything. Um, Uh, Any keys that like jump out at you to get the Raiders to six wins?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they're more abstract than they are, you know, matchups and things like that for this game. Uh, Usually when I do the three keys of the game for the, for the section on Sunday, it's, you know, this matchup against this matchup or this receiver against this corner. Um, I, I think it's different this time. I think one is just play the game like don't get caught up in McDaniels or Belichick, or Lombardi versus, you know, the defensive coordinators or Matt Patricia calling plays on the other side as McDaniels replacement or um, any of those things. And that doesn't just go for the coaching staff. It's everyone. It's, you know, all the players that used to be part of the Patriots, it's all the players on the Raiders. that want to win for McDaniels. Like all of those things can, can really take over uh, the entire game. And I think that they just have to realize this is a football game. Go play the football game for 60 minutes. This is not, you know, mentor versus, uh, work student and uh, you know, former, you know, former employer versus new employer, you know, the big bad wolf against uh, against you know, whoever. It's it's just a football game between the Patriots and the Raiders, and they have to look at it that way once the ball kicks off. So, I think that's a big one. Um, not scoreboard watching is another, you know, we talked about the fact that you know, everybody around here in this building is talking about still having a chance, and and hey, we just have to win our four games and uh, hope that some other things fall into place around the league. Well. Don't be standing on the field and saying, "Oh, look, the Jets are losing." Oh, oh, look, 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 the Dolphins are losing. This is good. Like you can't get caught up in that. It's it's way too early for that. It's bad to do it any time, but right now it's just about taking care of business in your four games. And then I think maybe the the, the biggest matchup thing is, uh, don't get Belichicked. And, and when I say that, I mean the Patriots don't really have. If you say, like, what do the Patriots do on offense and defense? Well, they don't really have a thing. Like what they do is they just, they literally just every week change what they do to take advantage of your weaknesses. And the biggest thing they do is just wait for you to make that one big mistake and pounce on it. That's what their, their thing has been last week against the Cardinals. It was a close game. It was a tie game. Cardinals had the ball. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins carries the ball in one hand. They know that. They attack the ball. They make them fumble. They return it for a touchdown. That one big play really determined and swung the whole game. And so that's what the Patriots do. So you can't allow them to do that. You can't allow them to seize on your weaknesses. You can't make that one big mistake that turns the game.
2: All right. I got to ask you. Uh, the last, uh, I think, the, I don't know if the last episodes have dropped, but many have. Uh, how excited are you about Harry and Megan?
1: Okay. So I'm I'm setting it aside.
2: You said he, are,
1: you're going to watch it though. A hundred percent I am. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, like those are the kind of things that during the season are tough. Like I'm waiting for the season to be over so I can just sit down and just watch it. Just go through it, focus on it, you know, uh, read all kinds of, you know, side, you know, accompanying pieces that, uh, that people have written about it and uh, some of the background and people that delve deeper into some of the storylines. Like I want to get into it in that way. Like I'm not really a big Royal Family guy, but I am a, you know, dysfunctional dysfunctional family guy. And I think this is more about dysfunction in a family than it is Royals. Uh, Did you ever watch the queen?
2: No. So you're not, you're not into it that much. You're not into it. Like you want to know everything about them.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a Royals person, but I think this is more about dysfunctional family, which is something I very okay. much understand as a product of one. So, uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I'm not, not that we were Royals. I mean, we're. It, it's it's also cool to see, like, when you grow up, you know, with nothing, uh, and your family's dysfunctional. You think that people that have it all have just the greatest, most simple, and you know, perfect families. And to see that, you know, even at that level, you can have the same kind of dysfunction that you have in your own family. It's awesome. I want to watch that.
2: I think it's been reported they got 25 mil for this thing.
1: Yeah, that's that makes me a little less excited. <laughs> I just I want them doing it just for the exposure, just to expose what was going on. Not not the cash. But you understand that's not the way the world works. So uh, I believe they probably deserve that and more for telling these stories.
2: It's all there. It's all their side of it, though. It's once it's pretty much it's, it's one sided. I've watched uh, all of it.
1: Yeah, give me uh, give me the other side. Give me the give me the Royals coming out with their own William, I want
2: William's side. I want William and Kate's
1: side. Sure, of course. I want I want Pippa's side. Who? I'm a big Pippa fan.
2: Oh, you want Pippa's side?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> One side I don't want is the new King Charles. Well, I've read some stuff
1: about him, and his uh, his morning routine is a bit uh, disturbing.
2: Really? What is? What, what, give me, give me some uh, tidbits. What does this guy do?
1: He's got like a, the guy that plays the horn outside his window for fifteen minutes every morning. Oh no! It's whole, they put the who knows if this is true. By the way, I should say that uh, allegedly uh, that he has you know he has somebody come and put the toothpaste on his toothbrush for him in the morning. Charles does. Yeah,
2: that doesn't surprise me though. None of that surprises
1: it's, me. It's a bit much. Like put your own toothpaste on the toothbrush, bro
2: that doesn't surprise me at all all right so you're going to set it aside we'll have future uh, reviews from you but i just want i wanted to make sure i knew you'd probably be into it but i didn't really know because we've been watching
1: it at the house and
2: we just think it's fascinating
1: yeah i mean i'm, I'm in give me it I, look I, I like any behind the scenes i like a—I uh, like documentaries but i like you know i, I like anything chaos. that tells behind the scenes stories about oh, chaos for sure um but yeah like uh it's it's hard knocks of the royal family i like that Awesome stuff there. All right, we'll get your
2: review once you've seen it. Uh, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsports and Like Conduct to the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and the one and only Liquid Death. Remember now there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at vegasnation.com. For our producer Larry Meir and my co host Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week.